right behind me going into a co-op yesterday had to be a hockey player. Had to be. Because I don't think there is any athletes in the world that have more defined thighs than hockey players. Then I was going to ask him, which team do you play for? And I didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. And that's funny to me, but it had to be a hockey player. But unbelievable thighs. A lot of things to talk about as we welcome you to this 490th episode of Unscripted, only 10 away from our magical 500th episode here on Unscripted. Looking forward to it. Uh, The boss tells me we're a couple of weeks away, so early May, it will be posted our 500th episode here of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, and that's a great accomplishment to us. And we thank you to all of everybody. Give thanks to uh, everything that great friends of the show have done to help get us here to episode 500 here on Unscripted. But in episode 490, we're going to talk about a mishmash of a lot of different things. And uh, we're going to start in the National Hockey League. Um, the NHL is prioritizing, and this is according to NHL insider Pierre Lebrun of TSN here in Canada. He also, of course, writes for The Athletic. Uh, at one time was part of the ESPN hockey team, uh, but thank God he <laughs> he got out of that because those people I'm I'm afraid to say don't know they don't know shit from Shinola in regard to the National Hockey League, but that's just my opinion. Um, but anyway, I digress. The NHL again, according to Pierre LeBron, is prioritizing regular season games and could condense the playoffs. Uh, LeBron goes on to say he doesn't see completing a full regular season schedule. And if I'm, and you may want to correct me on this if I say this wrong, but at the time of the shutdown, there were what, 15 games left? Maybe? Uh, most Maybe of the even teams, less. No, less than that. Maybe most like 10 or 11. Had played between 69 and 72 yeah, okay. ish around so, there. So, yeah. So, when LeBron says somewhere in regard to, he again, he doesn't see completing a full regular season schedule. He believes somewhere in the 74, 76, 78 games area. If they got to 78, you're only four short anyway. So, I mean, that's not a big loss. The thing that I'm really interested in talking to Chris about and hearing comments from our devoted listeners of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, LeBron is reporting that they're thinking about or have at least discussed condensing the playoffs If you remember in previous years, you had to win 16 games, both in the NBA and the National Hockey League, to win uh, that league's respective championships. So to win, to bring home Lord Stanley's Cup, you had to win 16 playoff games. With this new condensing of the playoff season, a best-of-five series in the first three series, so the first round, the division series, and then the league championship series will be just best-of-five but a full seven-game Stanley Cup Finals. So you would only need 13 playoff wins to win a championship instead of the normal 16. I don't care, I guess. I'd love to see hockey back again. I think the first priority is obviously making sure that we have enough belief, that we've made enough progress in our flattening the curve of the COVID-19 pandemic. But I would just 
I'm I'm desperately missing hockey. Um, I don't miss the Calgary Flames, but I miss most of the other teams. Um, I I would be appreciative of any hockey I get to see this year, but um, I guess some hockey is better than no hockey, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But a condensed playoff series, as long as it's a fair format to everybody, I'm okay with that. As long as we got to see some hockey again this season, whether there were fannies in the stands or not, as long as I got to see Connor, Mc, Connor McDavid again, as long as I got to see Leon Drysaddle again, as long as I got to see Mark Stone in Vegas again, I would be happy is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know what? I could live with the whole best of five until the Stanley Cup is awarded in a best of seven. If that helps that much, if I don't know how much time that actually saves, but I guess they'll probably be right up against the wire here. At least the guys are getting sort of an early summer vacation, so they are getting a few months off as it is. So it's not like they're not getting any time. That's that's for sure. And so maybe then they just get a short break between the yeah. playoffs and then the next one. And then teams like the Detroit Red Wings... Uh, you know, I don't know if they even have to suit up if they're just going to end their season right now or right. how that's going to work, but <laughs> they wouldn't have to play too much. It sounds like they're looking at potentially a 2014 playoff because right. that's how many teams were sort of on the bubble and, and had a real shot at it, according to the NHL. I was really disappointed to see Gary Bettman concede that, I think his exact quote yes. was, uh, finishing the year may not be possible. Right. I really didn't like that. I would rather see someone like a Dana White out there fighting hard and saying, like, I'm not giving up unless I'm absolutely forced Thank and have you. nothing left. I still believe the NHL strongly wants to finish the season because they were so close to being done, especially. Uh, I still think they want to award a cup this year for their legacy and their records. Uh, I still think that that's the way they are strongly going to go. And I do believe what he has also said all along where he has said, you know, they've been working on a contingency plan for every situation, every scenario, every timeline. They, It's like, if we start in May, we have a plan. If we start in June, we have a plan. Like no matter what, and they don't have an official drop dead date, but they've got, they've got a plan there. They, they were already willing to book dates in August. We already know right. that, which is quite a ways away. So I, I think they're good. I've said all along, I've said that they're going to award the Stanley Cup and I'm going to stick with that. But yeah, this thing is so predictable. I'm getting tired of prediction models and everything because some people are saying, oh, we'll be a couple more months and some are saying, oh, it'll be November and some Trudeau saying it's going to be a year maybe. They're just guessing. They're just throwing out numbers. Everything's a guess. Right Everything's now. a guess. Absolutely. And, and so I'm tired of, like Trudeau is, uh, you know, it's something new for him. He's trying to under promise and over deliver it's the opposite of what he normally does so <laughs> he's trying something different and it's also not working and it's just it, you know it's it's not really helpful to just throw out random stuff and just try to make people worried and have them lose hope and like you know oh it's a year and then people just oh like it just it makes people just not want to live frankly and I, so i it's think a irresponsible great, i think a great money maker would be have a virtual betting line on when we get back to normalcy that, that is a good one. If I was running a site, absolutely. That's a that great one. That was a good one. idea, wasn't it? That's a great one, Thank yes. Thank you. I came up with absolutely. that myself. You'd have to really narrow it down. I think people would be so interested in it. You could do it in a way that really maximizes yeah. profits for the book, Yeah. right? You could do it in a way that, you know, oh, if it's, you know, first week of May, second week of May, third week, like you just do like, right. you know, uh, or just have some fun thing like that or get insane odds, offer insane AIDS, odds. Yeah, put, put some insane odds and say February 1st of 2021 or like the yeah you have to get get a random draw where it spits out a date 
and you get that and if if you know some leagues start on exactly july 2nd right it's like oh man like that would you'd get now, that insane payout if somebody starts this up you have to get a cut we have to get a piece of the pie here at unscripted because if you heard this su- suggestion here chris and i want in mm-hmm. that's that's just been mandated by us mm-hmm. um we've heard about what pierre lebron thinks is going to happen in the national hockey league in the nba their latest plan and again these plans fluctuate. Chris has already... I have a baseball plan that I heard from last night. Chris has already heard an updated version this morning. So take it for what it's worth. The NBA's latest plan is that they have discussed that they would convene in Vegas and play games at the TNM, which is the Thomas & Mack. That's the on-campus UNLV arena. Been there a thousand times. Um, the T-Mobile, which is where the uh, Vegas Golden Knights play. It can also play, obviously, can host basketball venues there. It's on the Strip. The Orleans Arena, which is off the Strip um, on Tropicana Avenue, they would they have an NBA-sized uh, arena there as well. Really? Yeah. I mean, how many seats does it hold? Uh, Seventeen to 20,000. Really? Yeah. I, I've gone to the Orleans lots. That's where I go and play Omaha right. High Low. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they've had uh, a lot of... Um, uh, Christmas college basketball tournaments there. Oh, is that maybe where uh, George Carlin held his last ever concert? Correct. Mm. Very good, sir. Yes, that is the Orleans Arena. Mm. So the NBA's latest plan is to convene in Vegas. There's a lot of empty hotels right now. Um, and quarantine everybody and play the games uh, at the TNM, T-Mobile, and the Orleans Arena to make up for lost games and playoffs. But again, David, not David Stern, Jesus. Adam Silver has made it crystal clear that he won't make any announcements until May 1st at the earliest. And that's just the earliest. So the NBA, just like everything else, is in flux. It's funny, though. This is the truth. Kevin Durant, and I never would have thought this would have come out of his mouth. Because, you know, you know Kevin Durant a little bit. I know Kevin Durant a little bit. Not personally, of course. But I don't think he went to the University of Texas as a undergraduate to to be a major in you know chemical science or anything like that he's not a rocket scientist but durant came out this week and said this should be the best playoff season ever moving forward and the guy asks him why and he goes well think about it this way the athletes are going to be the most healthy they've ever been going into a playoff Mm -hmm. series Mm -hmm. and into a playoff season and i'm going jesus durant you're right yeah, I've been thinking about that. How the teams, and this goes for the NHL and wherever else as well. Yeah, uh, the guys are going to be healthy. The teams are at full strength. Right, everyone's ready to go. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they'll be a bit rusty, so I hope they get a few games to right get get into it. But yeah, wow. And you know, the biggest thing is going to be. I was thinking about this when Durant made this proclamation the other day. You know, after this layoff and not getting the regular workouts that they have been going because they can't go to their team facilities and whatever. Yes, they're going to be healthy going into the playoffs if we're lucky enough to have a playoff season, but watch all the blown out hamstrings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That'll be a that'll be a concern. Sure. Sure. And and probably with uh, not probably about it. You know, it was funny. I I was in a store yesterday and it's uh you know, you you wait now to get mm-hmm. in and there's only so many people that can be in the physical store. And I was right behind me going into a co-op yesterday. Had to be a hockey player. Had to be. Because I don't think there is any athletes in the world that have more defined thighs 
than hockey players. They just are massive. They're like tree trunks because of all the bending and all the moving and all the, the physicality, but all the work it is to get up and down that 200 feet of ice surface back and forth and back and forth. And I was going to ask him, which team do you play for? And I didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. And that's funny to me, but it had to be a hockey player, but unbelievable thighs. Um, we've heard about the National Hockey League. We've heard about the NBA, Major League Baseball. And I want to get to this, but I just want to, th- before I get to Justin Turner's plan, once we do ever get back to getting to Major League Baseball games, but before that, um, and as I mentioned earlier, Chris has already heard an updated version of this, but the the story that I heard last night when I was putting my notes together for today's uh, shows, um, new Angels manager Joe Madden, he's excited to get working with this with his new team and says to get the game of baseball up and running again, he would play games on Mars. Well, I don't know about that. But discussions about when and where to start the 2020 baseball season has led them to say that a contingency plan to play the entire 2020 season in Arizona using sequestered hotels to house players and staff and using empty spring training ballparks in the Phoenix area and Chase Field, uh, the home of the Arizona Diamondbacks, has been discussed to a variety of responses, both good and bad. The good, the season gets started. The bad... Seven inning double headers to maximize the amount of making up, uh, game, making up games. Uh, watered down product is what I have down here in my notes. Players and staff away from families for the season. And my thought, think about this, folks. And I've lived in the desert in the summer, and I can tell you, it's as hot as hell at two in the, in the morning as it is at two in the afternoon. The only difference is it's dark. Um, it can well be 110 degrees in Vegas at two in the morning. I've experienced that many times in my life, let me tell you. And the bars don't even close at Vegas at two in the morning. Uh, and, and Phoenix is always five to 10 degrees warmer than Vegas is. So has anybody ever thought about playing a lot of baseball in the Phoenix area in July and August? I mean, temperatures in the Arizona desert at that time of the year can be brutal for outdoor activities outside of early morning tea times or poolside. Even at night, it is over 100 degrees at any time in the evening, and Chris's updated plan had included spring training sites in the state of Florida. And that's going to be just as hot as hell, too, because of the humidity in Florida. It's a dry, you know, burn your ass in Arizona, but it's a physical, wet, perspiratory, just nasty wet with the humidity in Florida. So has anybody thought about that? And remember, those spring training fields, unlike Tropicana Field and unlike whatever they call, I guess it's Marlins Park in Miami, they have domes or they have covers. But the rest of those spring training homes in both Arizona and in in, uh, Florida, no domes. It's going to be a bitch for the players to play it. And it's going to be, well, they're not going to have any fans. We don't have to worry about that. But um, I, I wondered if anybody has thought about the physical toll on the players playing in that kind of heat and playing seven inning double headers to make up for the lost games. Because remember, Major League Baseball was supposed to be in our living rooms by the end of March. Yeah, I, well, I just think that there's no other solution potentially. No, I, I get so, it, but I mean, you know what I mean. So that's the tough thing. The interesting proposal that I saw was not only saying 
some of the teams are, you know, spend the whole time in Arizona and some spend the whole time in Florida. But obviously then you would have a realignment based on not right. well, not the actual geography, but where Their your farm, t- yeah, where your spring training camps are. So you might get, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays might be in a completely different division with totally right. different teams, which would be quite interesting to play that's and, right and i don't think it's already aligned like national league and american league right no, now is it no 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 no. right so i guess that's going to be a that's going to be an argument for the dh universally right yes. there and also if we're trying to speed up the games not just having double headers and making them seven innings but wow what better time to bring in a pitch clock a shot clock like why not here like you want to speed up the games let's get a timer on this shit right there's never been clocks in baseball, but we Hold need Hold on. I've, I've just got a... It's not breaking news, but to Chris's point, in regard to the Grapefruit League, that's what they call the spring training in Florida, you'd have a north division of the Yankees, the Phillies, the Blue Jays, the Tigers, and the Pirates. You'd have a south division of the Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, and Orioles, and you'd have a west division of the Nationals, Astros, Mets, Cardinals, and Marlins. So again, as Chris just described, this has nothing to do with their current alignment, or excuse me, current divisions. This is where their spring training homes are located. In the Cactus League, which is Arizona, you'd have a Northeast division of the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and A's. You'd have a West division of the Dodgers, the White Sox, the Reds, the Indians, and the Angels. And in the Northwest, you'd have a division of the Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're they're they're. I mean, they've got nothing but time on their hands right now. I mean, so obviously they've got a lot of time to think about this and and strategize about how they're going to do this. But realistically, folks, until somebody gets some real definitive information out of respective governments and obviously assisted by the World Health Organization, we can't jump the gun on anything here. So. It's all great to speculate. It's all great to think that we're going to have sports again because we're all excited about it. And as I mentioned back in episode 488, Sunday, it's been a month since the NBA shut her down and then everybody kind of followed suit. Um, But it has been the longest month. (laughs) That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I feel I remember that game when the Oilers played the jets and you're right it was two days after the nba shut ever shut everything down so it'll have been 28 days on sunday since we've seen oilers hockey and it seems like four years instead of four it weeks seems like if i had to put an honest timeline on it i don't know months for sure for sure wow for sure i can't believe a month ago there were still games that's just unbelievable that's impossible to believe i have been pubbing this as we welcome you to this 490th episode of unscripted with mike and chris we are here and wherever you are today under these unique circumstances of the COVID 19 pandemic we hope things are as well as they can be for you i've been talking about this now for the two weeks each saturday that chris and i or friday this week chris and i have been getting together i've been talking about this justin turner the third baseman of the los angeles dodgers with his way to pump some life into the end of baseball games. Uh, he hates games, and, and all major league players, I would assume, especially when you're playing 162 regular season games in a regular season, uh, 162 games in 180 days is ridiculous, but that's what it is. But obviously, when you're playing that kind of uh, amount of baseball games, you hate to see extra inning games, especially these games that go... 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 innings. Nobody wins. Um, 
Justin Turner, again, the third baseman of the Los Angeles Dodgers, has come up with what I think is a wonderful way to pump some life into the end of baseball games. And here's his, this is his contribution. If you are tied after nine innings, you go ahead and play the 10th inning. And if there is no winner, then you go on to Justin's way of getting things done. You have the best three hitters from each team get into a home run derby on a predetermined amount of pitches seen. And whoever wins the home run derby wins the game. And Justin Turner used the analogy of, and that Justin Turner, I think if I've, if memory, memory serves me correctly, Justin Turner is a season ticket holder to the Los Angeles Kings game. So he's probably seen a few hockey shootouts and I love the hockey shootout. I agree wholeheartedly that the games in the postseason go on until there's a winner, obviously. But when you're playing 82 regular season hockey games, I love them. They give them five minutes to battle it out four on four. This year, three on three. They give them five minutes. If they can't figure it out, they go to a shootout. I think it's been wonderful. It's a way to keep fannies in the stands. And I always enjoy watching the shootout. I don't enjoy going to a baseball game. Now, I know the last couple of weeks I've made myself out to be an alcoholic on this show. But in Major League Baseball, they cut off the beer sales at the seventh inning. So if a baseball game goes extra innings and it's in the 17th inning and you're still there, my question to you is why? Read about it the next morning online, for Christ's sake. In my day, it used to be read about it the next morning in the box scores in the newspaper. But... I like this proposal. I really do. I think that it would keep fannies in the stands and they're not going to be there forever and ever. Amen. And we get a winner and a loser. I like it. Your comments. I have to say, I actually do too. Now, as a purist, it's tough. I remember when they brought in the shootout in hockey and it's like, ugh, I don't know about that. And I will still say the same thing I said then about this. If you bring this in, I have no problem with it except it can never, ever, ever, ever be part of the playoffs. The playoffs have to just be play extra innings until the end, just like hockey has to be multiple overtime. Correct. Until end. Correct. And that becomes a really special thing in, an, in and of itself. In terms of his proposal, another thing I really like, I like the idea of you still play the 10th thing. You don't just play nine and then go right to it. You play a 10th inning. And I think what that does is you still have that real action over time and you also i think because i'm looking at this purely as a way to get eyeballs on the product which baseball desperately needs desperately needs that some that something interesting and not sleepy about the game finally i like the idea that if people see that it's in the 10th i mean i can see guys calling friends like hey you know what like i know you watch baseball sometimes it's in the 10th they might be doing the home run derby there you go get get great start, point start tuning in right and so i love the i love 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 the idea of the 10th inning instead of going straight from nine i think that's great I had an additional idea, and it's also inspired by what hockey has done with their overtime. How about, and I've not read this anywhere. I I literally just thought of it now. What if you had at least one inning where you did sort of the equivalent where you play with less players? Let's say you have to take two players out of your field, out of your defense. So basically, I mean, you could do it how you wanted, but what most teams would probably do is you get rid of a shortstop and you only have two outfielders. Okay. Right. Let's say you have to play with two fewer. I mean, I guess you could do it some other way, but you have to play with two fewer guys. Wouldn't that be interesting? Would you? Let me just throw this at you. If you have a right-handed batter up to the plate, you keep the shortstop. But if if it goes to the other side of the field, you got a left-handed hitter. Hitter, you get rid of the second baseman. 
Well, sure. I mean, I think it, it'd be tough to really enforce exactly where I, they're yeah, standing. I, so I, you'd I, have to make the teams just do whatever they wanted. Right. Yeah. But I'm thinking if you take away... Take whatever position away you want, but you have... I get what you're saying. Yeah, you, you could shift... You have a limited number. Yeah. yeah, you could shift appropriately and, yeah. and based on how which-handed uh, hitter you've got up there. But I think what most teams would do would be uh, get rid of one position in the infield and one in the outfield. Sure. I would think is what they do. But yeah, uh, I just thought of that now. So I think that'd be neat. Like, maybe do a... You know, that in the 10th and then do in the 11th go to the home run hitter uh, hitting uh, derby, essentially. So, uh, no, but it is a very creative thing. I think it at this point, it just becomes a way to get eyeballs on the product and make some interest. And you know what? In 162 games, it's it's going to make such a, a small difference, I would think, that, you know, it's not like you didn't have a chance to 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 win <laughs> at yeah. some point. It's not like you didn't have enough games to try to catch up or, or be good. So, yeah, I think it's actually a very creative answer. Yeah, really good. Okay, I'm just trying to think here. If you are the New York Yankees and you're playing the... Um, oh, just just for discussion's sake, because I can't wait to see when the Astros play the Yankees. That's going to be fun as hell. All right, for the Astros, your three best hitters are going to be Bregman. Someone will hit him. Okay, and then you've got Altuve, and somebody's going to hit him. And then your third hitter is going to be probably on Houston is probably going to be George Springer, just off the top of my head. So those three, those three against uh, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and who would be my third Yankee? Um, let's put Glaber uh, Torres in there. That would be a hell of a home run derby right there. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. I'm liking this proposal more and more as I think about it every day. Mm-hmm. Before we get out of here on this 490th uh, episode of Unscripted, um, we are here. Um, thank you, as always, for joining us. This has always been, and again, I wanted to take the opportunity to wish everybody out there in Unscripted land a very happy and safe. I know we're limited as to what we can do, but a very happy and safe uh, Easter weekend. Um, Easter being Sunday, Easter Monday on well, Monday. <laughs> God. You know, why do why do I say that? I mean, it's Easter Monday. You know what day of the fucking week it is. Oh my God, I'm losing it. I got to get out of the house. Um, this is a tough week for me as a golf nut because this would have been the week that Tiger Woods uh, would have defended his uh, 2019 Masters Championship from last year, obviously. Tiger says through his agent, Mark Steinberg, yesterday that Tiger would have been 100% healthy and ready to go to defend his Masters Championship from last year. Interesting to see if he'll be 100% ready and healthy to go when the rescheduled Masters gets played November 17th through the 21st. That'll be really weird to see Augusta National in the month of November instead of the month of April. But I have a question, and... I would like to have people respond to this besides Chris. Chris will respond to this in a minute. But, you know, we've got our different social media avenues. We've got our big five. Chris has given given us a couple of subtle hints that there are more on the way. And, again, all all due credibility and credit to Chris for the hard work he's put in on uh, taking this podcast to the new level. I saw a proposed new logo today that I am unbelievably excited about. Just great job. You're, you've been awesome. But this is, I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is 
uh, a travel thing. I don't know if this is limited dates of availability thing, but they've gone ahead and rescheduled the PGA Championship for August. They've gone and rescheduled the U.S. Uh, Open Championship that was supposed to be in New York. They've rescheduled that for September. And I think that of the three, that's the one that's going to be the most difficult to get to, I think, with the, with the number of outbreaks that have happened now in New York. And I don't want to keep mentioning it, but it's, it's prevalent here. New York just became the hardest hit by the coronavirus of anywhere in the world. So it's going to be difficult for them to stage this event, I believe, in September. I really do. And that pains me to say because I love watching Brooks Kepka beat everybody's ass at U.S. Opens, and I think he would do it again this year at Winged Foot. I think it's a big track, and a healthy Brooks Kepka could dominate on a Winged Foot. I'd love to see it. Obviously, as I've just mentioned, they've rescheduled the Masters for November. Why haven't they rescheduled the British Open? I mean, that's the oldest championship. That would be that would have been being played for the 149th time this July or August or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, why didn't they? Dis- why wouldn't the RNA mandate that? Okay, we'll cancel our July date, but the RNA is the royal and ancient folks. Um, why wouldn't they reschedule the British Open? Because they're too rigid. Really. I think so. I think they're traditionalist. Well, I, I, I think they're stiff upper lip. I think they're. I you think you're absolutely to, right, but you know they're the type of organization that doesn't change. It it's so easy and so boring to be an organization like that. You just don't change anything. That's it. Nope. This is the way it was always done, and that's the way it's always going to be. And we play it now, or we don't play it at all. I have to believe it's that attitude. Okay, I, and I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I just, um, I. Um... I, I'm just, I was a little surprised by that, but now that Chris has tuned me up, I'm on board with it. Three isn't bad. Um, they have kept the Ryder Cup scheduled for the last weekend in September at Whistling Straits, which is outside Green Bay, Wisconsin. So that's cool. They've kept that date the same. So uh, everything is basically the same. And the PGA Tour is expecting on May, third week in May, to still be going to the Colonial Tournament in Dallas, Texas. That'll be interesting to see. That will be a real tipping point if they are able to go ahead and proceed with that championship in late May. That'll be a great telling point if we have flattened the curve with this COVID-19 pandemic. That will be very telling if you are able to see them actually be playing golf the third week of May in Dallas, Texas. We've got to run on this 490th episode of Unscripted. Again, before we get out of here, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, and more to come. That's all I'm going to say. That when I mention those five and more to come, that's your cue, if you haven't already, to go on to one of those five or all five of them and subscribe to Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.